1: afternoon. It is the Steve Jones Show for a Thursday afternoon. Chad Hershberger filling in at the producer chair for Matt Catrillo as he enjoys some time with his newborn son. And uh, Matt was here yesterday, but he does have the rest of the week off. Glad to be in for him this afternoon as we get set for the Thursday edition of the Steve Jones Show right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Steve will be joining us very shortly from the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors in Sunbury and on the strip in Shemokin Dam. They have uh, all kinds of great cars. They've got the Quick Lane. You want to check them out, Sunbury Motors uh, in Sunbury and Shemokin Dam. And coming up later tonight on WKOK, it is the Penn State Coaches Show. So we will have Steve back uh, just after six o'clock and have uh, more Penn State news and updates for you. That's coming up uh, later this evening after six, right here on News Radio 1070, WKOK. And a lot of stuff going on right now. We've got basketball going on. We've got the national title game coming up on Monday afternoon. I'm sorry, Monday evening. Uh, That will uh, be LSU and Clemson coming up on Monday. And uh, we'll see who is number one in this year's national championship game. So that's coming up uh, as well. And uh, lots of stuff that Steve will be talking about, uh, basketball, and uh, we've got some guests coming up, and Steve can give us the rundown in just a few moments right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hope you had a great holiday season. It's been a while since I've filled in on the program here. Uh, I think the last time was uh, uh, several months ago, maybe. Um, so it's good to be back and uh, good to be part of the Steve Jones Show right here on WKOK. Of course, Penn State doing pretty well in basketball this season. Had a, a loss this week, uh, but uh, did well down at the Plestra in Philadelphia over the weekend, and uh, that was quite a game and uh, a lot of buzz about the team. Of course, they're nationally ranked for the first time in many, many years, and that's exciting. Uh, being a Penn State alum and a Penn State fan, it's good to see the basketball programming having some success this season. So glad to see that. Uh, I, when I was in school, they were still playing in Rec Hall and. Had some good teams under Bruce Parkhill, and it was fun. Great atmosphere, and it's been really great to see the team doing so well this year. And uh, looking forward to seeing how the season goes for for them. Of course, the Penn State football team did well in their bowl game and uh, finished out good in the season, too. And as an alum, that was fun to watch, too. Good bowl game. They uh, really played well in the Cotton Bowl down in Dallas. There on uh, the Saturday after Christmas, I always think it's interesting. It's uh, one of the New Year's six bowl games, but it was in December. That doesn't make any sense to me, but that's how things are right now. So, again, this is the Steve Jones Show right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, and Steve is going to be with us very, very shortly. And he will uh, give us an update on uh, all things Penn State and uh, other things that are going on in the world of sports as well. And why don't we take a little break while we wait for Steve? And we will be back with more right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: Did you see Matt Rule's press conference yesterday? I did not. With the Carolina Panthers? Tell uh, us about wow. it. Wow. Wow. It was like Spartacus. Got up there and got everybody down there excited. So Joe Judge is then introduced today as the Giants head coach. And this is after many thought Matt was going to go to the Giants. Matt Matt, uh, is a New York guy. But as a teenager, moved to State College. And then played football at state high, walked on at Penn State. He's part of the '94 team at Penn State, and then of course then got into coaching. Well, Joe Judge, people in New York are like, okay, who's he? Something that cannot be discounted. In The Giants' choice of a head coach is Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, from what I understand over time, has maintained a close relationship with the Mara family. So that can't be discounted. In other words, if John Mara gets on the phone and calls, Bill Belichick is going to pick it up right away. And probably um will put somebody else in hold to take the call. And you're wondering, I would wonder, how much he would end up steering the Giants toward Joe Judge. Which I think is interesting. Now the Eagles are going to have a new offensive staff. Uh Mike Grow was released today as the Eagles offensive coordinator. Remember in the Super Bowl year it was Frank Reich. Pretty good choice. And Reich's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We also got rid of the wide receivers coach too, but you know, I don't know how much of this is scheme, personnel, I mean, because they're so damaged personnel wise. But, you know, it is Doug Peterson who's in the meetings. And it is Doug Peterson who has a feel as to whether they're doing it the way he wants it done. I think Doug Peterson has enough collateral to make moves because he's won the whole thing. Mike Leach is the new head coach at Mississippi State. Because Joe Moorhead's out. So I'm not going to get into the... I talked about the Joe Moorhead part last week. So let's just get into the Mike Leach part. Mike Leach makes sense in this regard. Mississippi State... can recruit... for the next three years. And they won't be as good in the trenches... Is Alabama, Auburn, LSU, or Texas AM. Okay. So now you've got to come up with a way around that. And that's enter Mike Leach. Mike Leach has made a career out of, quote, working around that. Get as many skilled people as possible, play the air raid try to take the offensive line out of the equation as often as possible. Which then negates Alabama's defensive line. The problem that he's always had is that you have to be really good in the trenches on both sides and there'll be a point where Mississippi State's going to have to play defense. And they're not, <laughs> they're not going to be able to match up. But when you're positioning Mississippi State in a lot of ways they're like Alabama excuse me, there are a lot of ways they're like Indiana. Indiana Tom Allen's doing a good job and Tom Allen's doing a really good job in fact but they don't have enough to pass out Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan or Michigan State and that's where Mississippi State is when your gold standard is Dan Mullen and Dan Mullen's a really good coach When your gold standard is Dan Mullen, and he earned that by what he did at Mississippi State. Eight straight years they went to a bowl game. Pretty good. But you know how many times in those eight years they had a winning record in the Southeastern Conference? One. That tells you everything about the state of Mississippi State football. It tells you everything about the state of Mississippi State football. When your gold standard coach, who by all accounts did a heck of a job in Starkville, did a heck of a job, eight straight bowl games, but only one winning record in the Southeastern Conference. That tells you how how tough the conference is, how tough the division is, and in reality how tough the job actually is now Dan Mullen's back in Florida where he had been the offensive coordinator and he's now trying to win the East where he has to climb over the Georgia hurdle but he's better. you've got a better shot at doing that especially when you know you're playing them on a neutral field every year than you do trying to clear over the Alabama hurdle. And I did it. Great. Uh, you got to clear the LSU hurdle. Okay, great. Then you got to clear the Auburn hurdle. Then you got to clear the Texas A&M hurdle. That's a lot of hurdles to clear. That's why, for example, I looked at when Brett Bielema took the Arkansas job and left Wisconsin. I know he got paid a boatload of money, but I said at the time when it happened, I'm shocked he's taking this job because right now you're taking the fifth best job in your own division. At best. At best, you're taking the fifth best job in your own division. Now, Mike Leach has never been in the primo position where he's taken the best job. Texas Tech wasn't the best job in the Big 12. Did a lot with it, but wasn't the best job in the Big 12. Washington State, absolutely not the best job in the Pac-12. But he did something with it. I mean, he got them in the neighborhood of the Rose Bowl last year. Didn't get in, but but he's always had to do it in a different way than everybody else, the air raid style, because he knows that they are starting from behind in the trenches. When you're starting from behind in the trenches, you have to figure out a way around it. And their way to figure their way around it is to do a lot of pitch and catch football. And that's the air raid. Minimize as often as you can the role of the offensive line. Because they are not going to be able to go toe-to-toe in the trenches with Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Texas AM is not going to be able to do it. So you have to come up with ways around it. Great to have you with us on the show today. Chad, I don't think we have any local events tonight, right? I mean, last night we got a huge ratings bump because the suit did a game.
1: I don't think so. We have the coaches show tonight with you.
0: And Pat Chambers will be on that tonight. We'll have that.
1: It's nice to hear so Matt, gonna... Matt on yesterday. I got to visit with the baby a week ago today. Oh, did you really? I did. I stopped at the hospital and saw the Catrillo's and knew Luke. So I, I, that
0: was fun. My understanding is, my, I have not seen Luke up close yet, but by all accounts, I've heard a lot of thank God he looks like his mother. <laughs> uh, that being, that's... I, mean, I heard a lot of that. I mean, I don't know if that's true
1: or not, but he's pretty cute, very small. Um uh, only five pounds something when he was born, so and I saw him the day oh, after he was born. I, oh so.
0: yeah. see I never got the vitals. Yeah,
1: I think it was I never got the vitals. Five pounds eleven ounces, maybe something like that.
0: Okay. My last grandchild my last grandchild was born on October thirty first. Okay. She was nine pounds four ounces. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh no, she's up over thirteen now. <laughs> she. she <laughs> uh,
1: and uh, happy belated birthday to you and your wife too, Steve. Oh, well, oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that, Chad. I remember because you. uh, your wife's birthday and my daughter's birthday is the same day. So
0: same same day. Yes, December twenty ninth. Yes, and yes, and mine was Tuesday. And if you notice, I never mentioned any of that because. Eh. 20, don't 29 and holding, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I, see, I've always been a person, never, it's never bothered me. Never. Zero. I'm 62. Right? So for all of you who want my job and want to do some sort of countdown as <laughs> <that's laughs> to when I'm eliminated. <laughs> um my plan is to stay for a while longer, okay? Uh, but yeah, I, that I've never been one like. Oh, when I got to 30. Oh, when I got to 40. I was all like, who cares? I never cared. I never have cared. Like, okay. It's great. Next.
1: Yep. It's kind of how I am, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. I had a game that night. I had to go do the game. Okay. <laughs> and that's how I've always gone about it. have never thought twice about it. Yeah. Well, the suit just turned, what, 60, didn't he? Something like that. I'm not sure. I did, no, I did that deliberately because now he's freaked out. Yeah, I,
1: I was <laughs> I was thinking it was a little higher, but I guess not.
0: <laughs> I mean, attitude-wise, he's about seventy seventy-five. 75.
1: Well, and I heard that uh, he gave some parenting advice to the Catrillos. Um, I did, too. I just told him to enjoy every moment, oh. so...
0: See, now you gave good advice. He started going through everything chapter and verse as to whatever to do. And I I told Matt, I said, look, I said, I said, don't don't mess up the kid right away. OK, just uh, don't take that advice.
1: I did send them a parenting book. Uh, I told him I would send it to him um, written by a pediatrician who writes about all the things he used to tell his patients what to do and then when he became a dad all the things that he told his patients to do that he didn't do um, it's a great
0: book it's called Eat Sleep Poop so yeah. look there, and you know what you find out because I have five they're all different yep even I have two right. and they're both different <laughs> yeah. all different so you've got to even though they, there are certain standards you have to have all right, you know, in those standards, after that, sometimes one needs a little more of a push than another. One needs, needs more encouraging words than the other. Sometimes one needs more discipline than the other. Um, but you know what's interesting about about my children All right? My kids never fought. No, that's good. Never. My kids never fought, never had an, had an argument, never had an argument. Now, you get one, Dad, Mom, you know, something like that. But it was no big deal, but, I like, actual, like, never. And, you know, my brother and I, same way. My brother and I never fought. You know that? Never did. I just basically said, hey, whatever you need. No, <laughs> No, but we, my brother and I never fought about anything. But I think as people could tell, he's kind of a cool dude anyway, so yeah, I like Kevin. Yeah. All right, lot coming up in the show today. Neil Greenberg, Washington Post on the NFL playoffs today. As we continue on News Radio 1070, WKOK. Your Calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great to have you with us on the show today. Chad Hirschberger here who has decided to give parenting advice to the Catrillos. That's right. Good advice, hopefully. <laughs> oh, it's great advice. Now, the suit gave advice, but it was all about investments and things like that. I mean, and what bothered me is he was telling little Luke about investments and the kid was just he was trying to sleep and was I, just like, I don't you know. And something about digital media, maybe? It, I don't know. And that digital media was the way to go. I mean, it was, I mean, what was the next thing? How about plastics? Okay, what what are we doing here? And then he, this is he, what we're doing. He brought him
1: a NASCAR onesie or something. I don't know.
0: No, it was an IndyCar onesie. It was IndyCar. But it had a picture of Marco Andretti on it. <laughs> right on the back was Mario Andretti. i like, like, I mean, the kid, had, the kid's never wearing that. Ever, ever.
1: I did see that Matt posted that uh, Luke saw his first Eagles game over the weekend. So
0: Yes, and he, he, I got the picture. He showed it to me. Which is great. And the first thing I said to him was, I said, well, said, you're certainly getting them ready young. I said, but I said the booties are a little big. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that Luke is going to have to grow into some of his clothes, which is great. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. And we're uh, talking about Mike Leach. You've got to come up with ways to work around what you have. And that's what Mike Leach is hiring to me represents. Um, because I think that at Mississippi State, the ability to go toe-to-toe in the trenches with Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn. can't do it. Now, down the road you might be able to, but Mike Leach doesn't have that kind of time. You're going to have to work around it. You're going to have to work around that stuff. And so because he has to work around it, that's why his kind of offense, the air raid, gives them the best shot at doing something there. And Believe me, I don't, I'm not talking about... Um, I'm not talking in any way about them winning the division. I mean, I'm even talking about them having a winning conference record, but it'll get them to a bowl game. It'll get them to a bowl game. And Matt Rule takes over. And Matt Rule goes out and the press conference yesterday. He's in there. He's talking about everything. Mentioned his Penn State roots. So today, Joe Judge is introduced by the Giants. first thing he does is he goes around the room. And thanks everybody for being there now, individually, because after what Matt Rule did yesterday, the Giants kind of felt that hey, you know what we got to win the press conference here. Now Rule ends up with seven years. Matt gets seven years, sixty-two million dollars. Seven years, sixty-two million. We haven't seen that kind of numbers since the agreement with the suit was announced when he went from interim to top job. <laughs> no. Not true.
1: I don't know if it's quite that much.
0: (laughs) He certainly brags about it. That's kind of a bothersome thing, don't you? Um, But there are a lot of NFL owners that are not enamored with the money rule got I don't care what he got, I'm happy for him. I'll say this he was up front with his players at Baylor about it. He said, Look, he says, people are pursuing me. I'm listening. And now he's got the, you know, Matt's got the Carolina job. Joe Judge, do not discount in any way, shape, or form John Mara's relationship with um, Bill Belichick and helping them to make this decision. Okay? Don't discount that. You're looking at the Patriots staff, they, you know, Belichick, like I said, if John Mara calls, if Belichick's on another call, there's a there's a definitely a chance that he'll drop that call and talk to John Mara because obviously Belichick and John Mara go way way back.
1: I got a Penn State football question for you. Okay. So at the fall sports preview, you mm-hmm. told us that Penn State team this year was one of the most if not the most athletic that you have seen and you said depending on when that intersected with the leadership on the team it would either be a really good season early and continue throughout or it might happen later in the season now that we can look back at that when do
0: you think that happened say right around the iowa game right around the iowa game which was then followed by the michigan win which was then followed by michigan state I like think the Minnesota thing was a case of, I know they had a bye week, but it was a case where I, I felt Minnesota, to its credit, was really good. But Penn State needed one of those. It would have been better for them at that point, if, say you'd played Rutgers, because you play tough, hard physical game, road, Iowa tough hard physical game home michigan tough hard physical road game michigan state they needed one that w- wasn't going to be in that category so i would say the iowa game because penn state showed something in the iowa game which then came back up again in the michigan game which then came back up again in the indiana game and came back up in the in the cotton bowl Penn State showed the ability to finish in all four of those games. Iowa, they needed two first downs to finish. Got it. Michigan needed a first down to bleed the clock. Got it. Indiana, 18 play, nine-minute, two-second drive. Finish. Memphis. They had the 75-yard drive, and then at the end of the game, after the interception by Marquise Wilson, Penn State eventually, with what, 30 seconds ago, gave up the ball, but they bled like four and a half minutes off the clock on that drive. Penn State's ability to finish, that that to me is showing the maturity and the step forward I was looking forward to. So I would say that starting with the Iowa game, saw signs of it against Maryland, but Iowa's just a way better team than Maryland is. So that's why I'll go with Iowa. They have a chance to be really good next year. Now I don't know what Shaka Tony is going to decide. Monday's the first day of classes. Nine times out of ten if you're showing up for classes, you're playing. That one time out of as you show up for class, you decide to leave, but you still want to get your degree. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that. But for the most part, if you're staying, you're in class Monday morning, they have a team meeting Sunday night at 9, and you go, <clears throat> you go from there. Uh, but he's the only one I know of that hasn't said yet what he's doing. Oh, wait and see. Always, Other than them, they've oh, got everybody else back. And it's always
1: good to get a win on the bowl game to kind of propel you into the next season.
0: Oh, I think it changes. The biggest part it changes for you, it changes the winter program. And it's the first two weeks of the winter program Well, you've got a head, sh- head start where you've got more juice and enthusiasm because of the bowl game, those first two weeks, I think you get more out of it. Instead of lost bowl game, got to drag your backside back, got to drag yourself into the weight room, all right, here we go. I think they feel they have a chance to be a really good team next season. I think that translates into enthusiasm on day one of the weight room. And nobody has to be dragged back. They can't wait to get back in there and attack the upcoming season. That's a big plus when that happens. I've always felt that's one of the pluses of the bowl game. Let's always laugh. Um, you know, people, you know, too many bowl games. Uh, nobody, nobody, There's nobody out there in a hostage situation forcing you to watch. There was the NBA last night on ESPN. I elected not to watch. I didn't want to watch it. Now I watched the Sixers and Celtics tonight. But nobody forced me to watch the NBA last night. It's an option. I watched several bowl games. And guess what? In watching several bowl games, I saw a lot of exciting games. Rose Bowl, exciting game. Now, I did not see the Fiesta Bowl because I was flying back. But... The Gator Bowl, exciting game. Quick Lane Bowl, exciting game. There's one exciting game after another. What was it, the Music City Bowl? Was that the Kentucky-Virginia Tech game? Or is that the Belk Bowl? That's the Belk Bowl. And it goes down to the last 20 seconds. It was one exciting game after another in the bowls. And I'm watching them, and I enjoyed it. Now, did I watch every bowl game? No. There's somebody like that and go, I don't want to watch that. On Christmas Eve, for example, the Hawaii BYU game was a heck of a game. It's Christmas Eve. I've already watched It's a Wonderful Life. I'm looking around. I'm going to watch the rest of the game. I did. I always laugh when I hear too many bowl games. Don't watch. This is, okay? We're not releasing you one at a time here. <laughs> okay? It's not a hostage situation. If you don't want to watch, don't.
1: I am pleased to report that I am in a friendly uh pool one of those you just pick the games we don't have any money or anything in it but um I'm in tied for first place. I'm never tied for first place in these things. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So uh we'll see how uh how we do. We're tied for first whoever. I don't know what the other guy has picked for the uh title game on Monday night but depending if we both pick the same team and they
0: win or lose, well then we'll be tied but <clears throat> well Let me put it to you this way. I think that the game on Monday night, even though I've picked LSU to win it, is going to be exponentially closer than people realize. I wondered that, too. I think it's going to be really, really close. I mean, if Clemson won, I wouldn't be surprised. But I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else hoisting hardware instead of Clemson again. It was a point where years ago they called it clumsoning, where you're really good but you don't quite get there. It was an expression, clumsoning. Now they've gone over the hump, and guess what? Now everybody's sick of the morning. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. all right great to have you with us neil greenberg washington post next half hour we'll talk to him about the nfl playoffs also getting a little bit we'll start with neil about the redskins situation then we'll go to the nfl playoffs and then uh, joe putnam the uh so something that the williamsport crosscutters will probably take a close look at But the State College Spikes are going to have a hashtag Save Your Spikes press conference next Thursday. And there will be a representative from Congress from Fred Keller's office there. Uh, State Senator Jake Corman, who is the State Senate leader, is going to be there as well, among others. Uh, The Spikes have averaged 123,000 per season at Medlerfield lebron Park. But right now the New York Penn League, of which the Cutters in Williamsport and the Spikes are both a part of, are in that negotiation area with Major League Baseball. And we'll hear from Joe Putnam about what the initiatives that they're going to put forward. And it's going to be uh, streamed on Facebook and Major and Minor League Baseball wanted this streamed on Facebook. Uh, they had asked me to be the, the lead for this on Thursday, and I wanted to do it. The problem is Penn State's playing basketball at Minnesota Wednesday night at 9, and the decision was made to fly back Thursday morning. So I won't get there until an hour after it starts. Uh, but we'll have uh, Joe on to talk about it in the final half hour today, and then we'll revisit it with both of them coming up, uh, Scott Walker and Joe Putnam, next Thursday as well. And I think it's... um, uh, Minor League Baseball, I thought The the Athletic did a great article um, uh, about Bluefield, West Virginia. Now, their uh, facility is closer to Williamsport than it is to State College. And I say that with all due respect. Um, And I say that with all due respect to Williamsport, which I think has worked very, very hard to make that ballpark better. That, That party deck they put up in right field is tremendous. You can tell how people have gravitated toward that. Um, but Bluefield still is closer to Williamsport than it is to State College. And, and Bluefield, West Virginia, put $2 million into their park a few years ago. But their big concern is that facility-wise, they're under the cut line. What's interesting about the situation in State College is that my grandchildren have started going to the game. And with that, my grandson has started asking about going to a major league game. As far as I'm concerned, you lose that if you start playing around with 160 minor league franchises. I think it's a very short-sighted uh, Pennywise pound foolish move by Major League Baseball.